Chapter One of the Little Colonel at Boarding School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Little Colonel at Boarding School by Annie Fellows Johnston. Chapter One. Off to Boarding School something unusual was happening at locust although it was early in september and the heat and dust of a kentucky summer still lingered in every corner of lloydsbury valley the great house with its vine-covered pillars was being hastily put in order for winter closing rob moore swinging his tennis racket as he sauntered down the avenue under the arching locust trees stopped short with a whistle of surprise the tennis net was down he had come at the little colonel's invitation for a farewell game as they were both to start to school on the morrow she in the valley and he in town he could not understand the sudden removal of the net then he noticed that every hammock and garden chair had disappeared from the lawn not even the usual trail of magazines and palm-leaf fans was left on the grass to show that somebody had been spending a comfortable hour in the shade usually at this time in the afternoon there was a flutter of ribbons and white dresses somewhere back among the trees but the place was deserted now the wicker tea-table was gone from its corner on the piazza the rugs and cushions which had filled the cosy corners behind the vines were packed away the lace curtains were down in the long drawing-room and peering through the windows which opened to the floor he saw a colored man busily shrouding the handsome old furniture in linen covers what's the matter alec asked rob what has become of everybody don had bad news from old colonel last night answered the man Walk a telegraph from hot springs that all Marcy's rheumatists is worse, and Miss Sherman she's gwine down to stay with him a while, and the young ladies is gwine to boarding school. We all's fixing to shut up the place till Christmas. Rob gave another long whistle, shrill and loud. Boarding school! He exclaimed. Well, this is the biggest surprise out. His whistle was answered from the upper hall by a clear high thrill, which had been the little colonel's signal for him since the first summer they had played together. Giving the answering call, he stepped inside the hall, and standing at the foot of the stairs, peered up anxiously at the laughing face leaning over the banister rail above him. "'Come down, Lloyd, and tell me all about it,' he demanded. "'I can't now,' she replied in an important tone smiling tantalizingly at the tall broad-shouldered boy who shook his racket at her with a threatening gesture mother has gone to town and mum beck is packing my trunk i have to show her what things to put into it betty's down there somewhere she'll take the edge off your curiosity betty she called catching sight of a pink dress whisking through the lower hall don't tell rob what school we are going to make him guess all right answered betty with a mischievous light in her brown eyes as she tossed back her curls and led the way out to the stone steps we'll have to sit out here 
all the hammocks and porch chairs are packed away in the attic she explained as she spread out the pink skirt and leaned comfortably back against one of the white pillars seems to me you have been in a howling hurry with your planning and your packing said rob in an aggrieved tone i didn't hear a whisper of all this when i was here yesterday evening the telegram didn't come until after you had gone answered betty but i think godmother must have been expecting it for in half an hour her plans were all made and the packing began early this morning as papa jack's business will keep him away nearly all fall there was nothing to do but close the house and send lloyd and me to boarding school you can't imagine how busy we've been we are to leave to-morrow morning so are we answered rob oakley looks nearly as deserted as locust i always hate this breaking up time at the end of every summer as he spoke a delicious odor of hot gingerbread was wafted around the corner of the house from the distant kitchen and he stopped to look at betty and smile what does that make you think of he asked of a lovely september afternoon just like this answered betty dreamily half closing her eyes and drawing in the fragrance with a slow deep breath of long shadows on the lawn and the sunshine flickering down through the locust leaves like gold just as it is doing now of malcolm mcintyre sitting over where you are thrumming on his banjo and of keith and you and lloyd and me all singing my old kentucky home is that what it makes you think of yes that and the chase we gave old aunt cindy wasn't she mad when i made off with that gingerbread i can hear her old slipper soles yet flopping down the path after me how long ago that seems mused betty and yet it's only two years it surely must be longer than that exclaimed rob no don't you remember it was just after lloyd's house party when she was eleven and i was twelve i went abroad that fall with cousin carl and eugenia and stayed with them a year and i've only been living at locust a year now i'm a little over fourteen and lloyd's thirteen so that just makes it thirteen years and four months exactly if you're talking about me said the little colonel coming out on the porch with a plate in her hands i smell the ginger bread so i told mom beck i'd have to stop for refreshments and she could finish packing by herself i've piled everything on the bed that i thought i could possibly need at boarding school and that's nearly everything i own one needs so many things going off from home this way have some she passed the plate to each one and then sitting down on the top step beside it helped herself to a slice of the hot spicy cake oh rob we're going to have such larks she began i've always wanted to go away to school and have midnight suppers and do things you read about in stories i've heard mother talk about the funny things that happened at the seminary when she was a girl till i was simply wild to go there too 
and now it seems too good to be true that we are really going and are to have the very same room that she had one term when grandfather was away from home and she boarded there in little old lloydsbury seminary just as we are going to do there she added ruefully clapping her hand over her mouth i've gone and told you and i intended to keep you guessing for an hour i knew you'd never think that we were going to stay right here in the valley of course not answered rob you've been a day pupil at that old seminary for the last five years ever since you started to school i'd naturally suppose that when you packed up all you owned and started off to school you'd at least go out of sight of your own chimney smoke i don't see where the fun is coming in i can't think of anything more stupid instead of tearing around the country on horseback after lessons as you've always done riding where you please you'll have to take walks with a gang of other girls with the teacher at the head of the procession it's great exercise that taking steps about an inch long and saying nothing but prunes and prisms don't you believe that's all cried lloyd we'll have to take the walks of course but think of the time we'll have for basketball we'll be able to play the anchorage girls by thanksgiving and i couldn't have been on the team if i'd been only a day pupil of course we'll miss the ponies betty added godmother tried to make some arrangements with president wells to let us ride every day but he said he couldn't make an exception in our case without being accused of partiality if we came as regular pupils we must conform to the regular rules and could not have even the liberties we always had as day pupils except in one thing corrected lloyd we can still go to the post office for our mail instead of having all our letters pass through the principal's hands mother thought it wouldn't be worth while to change the address for just one term especially as she wants me to forward the mail that comes to our box for papa jack he changes his address so often on these business trips that he couldn't keep notifying the postmistress all the time so i'm to do it well i'll pity you exclaimed rob teasingly tapping his racket against the toes of his tennis shoes boarding schools are a bad lot all that i've ever heard of scorched oatmeal and dried apples with old cats watching at every keyhole ugh both girls laughed at his scowl of disgust and betty hastened to say but we'll have aunt cindy to fall back on if the fare gets too bad that's the beauty of staying so near home mom beck is to come every monday to get our clothes to launder and every saturday to bring them back and see that we are all right and you know she'll not let us starve and there aren't any old cats in this school rob miss edith is a dear the girls fairly love the ground she walks on and i'm sure that nobody could be nicer and more motherly than mrs clelling how about miss bina mccannister asked rob with a wry face she's cross enough to stop a clock sober and prim and crabbed with eyes like a fish i went up there one day with a note from grandfather to professor fowler 
and she gave me such a stony glare because i happened to let a door bang that i had cold shivers down my spine for a week oh rob laughed lloyd aren't you ashamed to talk so anyhow miss mccannister will not bother us because we are not in any of her classes but she'll take her turn in trotting you out to walk just the same then think what a glad procession that will be you'll feel like prisoners in a chain gang talk all you want to if it amuses you any said lloyd passing the gingerbread around once more it won't keep us from having a good time at boarding school well i'm coming out again at thanksgiving there's to be a big family reunion at oakley this year and if you've stood the storm and still think that boarding school life is funny i'll stand treat to a five-pound box of hyler's best you can let that sort boy you up through all the hungry hours between that time and this mercy rob don't throw cold water on all our bright hopes like that cried betty springing up as she heard her name spoken in the hall mom beck wants me she's ready to begin packing my trunk i must go in a few minutes said rob so if you're disappearing now i'll say good-bye till thanksgiving betty held out her warm little hand good-bye be good sweet child and let who will be clever she quoted as rob gave it an awkward shake practice what you preach grandma betty he said in a severe tone but his blue eyes were smiling into her brown ones with a softened light in them she had been a merry little comrade in the summer just gone and then there was something in the brown eyes that made everybody smile on betty as she turned to go she saw that the last crumb of gingerbread had disappeared and stooping picked up the plate she recognized it as her godmother's pet piece of delft ware i'll take this in before anybody steps in it she said thanks said lloyd lazily without looking around but she turned to rob as soon as they were alone betty's always so thoughtful about such things i wouldn't know how to get along without her now and to think when she first came here to live i wasn't sure that i wanted her i had never had to divide with anybody before and i was afraid i should be jealous but nobody could be jealous of betty she seems like a real sure enough sister now and boarding school will be twice the fun because she can go with me betty's a brick agreed rob emphatically the nicest girl i know except you but i can't imagine her planning scrapes she's too much afraid of hurting somebody's feelings for that she's not planning scrapes neither of us want to do anything really bad we only want to stir the seminary up a bit and make it lively we're growing up so fast that if we don't have some fun soon it will be too late in only a few more years i'll be through school and then i'll have to be a debutant and settle down to be proper and young ladified mom beck always used to be telling me to sit still and be a little lady and if there's anything i despised it was that 
how fast the shadows grow long these afternoons said rob presently looking at his watch it's nearly time for me to go come on down to the measuring tree we mustn't forget our good-bye ceremony seven septembers were marked on the tall locust that they called their measuring tree it towered above a rustic seat halfway down the avenue lloyd laid one finger on the lowest notch and another on the next mark a few inches above it there wasn't nearly so much difference in our heights when i was five and you six as there is now she said with a little sigh you're almost as tall as papa jack and i'm only up to your shoulder you're growing away from me so fast bobby rob threw back his shoulders complacently daddy says that is why i am so awkward that my height is too much for a fourteen-year-old boy to manage gracefully i'll soon be through growing at this rate maybe after a couple of years more i'll not have to change the mark on the tree i should certainly hope so cried lloyd unless you want to be a giant in a sideshow here measure me she stiffened herself against the trunk of the tree standing as erect as possible while he stuck the blade of his knife into the bark so close to the top of her head that he almost pinned a lock of the light hair to the tree you've grown a lot too this last year lloyd he said looking down at her approvingly oh rob she cried with a quick wistful look upward into his face i don't want to grow up it would be so much nicer if we could stay children always we've had a lot of fun under these old locusts that's a fact he admitted as he began cutting the date opposite the measurements he had just taken then he became so absorbed in trying to make the figures neatly that he said nothing more until the task was done lloyd kneeling on the rustic bench to watch him was silent also and for a few minutes the only sound in all the late afternoon sunshine was the soft rustling of the leaves overhead if they could only stay children always the locusts were repeating one to another children always that is the happiest time rob intent on his carving never noticed the stirring of the leaves but the little colonel who in a vague way always seemed to understand the whisperings of these old family sentinels looked up and listened as if she were one of them she began recalling with them the scenes they had looked upon how long ago seemed those summer days when she measured up only to the first notch mom beck and rob's faithful old nurse dina sat on the bench where she was now kneeling and watched the two children that the locusts were whispering about romping up and down the avenue how well she remembered the little blue shoes she wore and the jingling of the bells on the gay knitted bridle as they played horse with fritz barking wildly at their heels the locusts had watched them in all the playtimes that lay between the first and last of those seven notches eight it would be when rob had finished 
for it was in their friendly shade they had rolled their hoops and spun their tops, and played at marbles and made their kites. Here, too, they had set their target when he taught her to shoot with his air rifle, and up and down in the winter holidays they had passed with their skates over their shoulders, with their sleds dragging after them, or their arms piled high with Christmas greens. Here they had tramped shoulder to shoulder, whistling like two boys. Here they had raced their ponies. Here they had strolled and played and sung together. A strong, deep friendship, yearly growing stronger between them, as they yearly cut a higher notch in the bark of the old measuring tree. If they could only stay children always whispered the locusts again, with something so like a sigh in the refrain, that Lloyd felt the tears spring to her eyes, she scarcely knew why. There, said Rob, closing his knife and slipping it into his pocket, I must go now. As usual, Lloyd walked down to the gate with him. He whistled as he went, a musical rollicking negro chorus, and she joined in with an accompaniment of little trills and calls, in clever imitation of a mocking-bird. But just before they reached the gate her whistling stopped, her quick eyes spied a four-leafed clover in the grass, and she sprang forward to get it. "'And here's another!' she cried triumphantly. "'One for you too, Rob. That means good luck for both of us. Put it in your pocket.' Rob took the little charm she held out, with a sceptical smile, yet he had imbibed too great a belief in such omens from his old colored nurse not to regard it with respect. "'Thanks,' he said. "'I have a safer place than my pocket. I'll need all the luck this or anything else can bring me in my Latin this year, so I'll carry it to every recitation.' Opening the back of his watch, he carefully smoothed the green petals and laid them inside, then closed the case with a snap. "'Now I'm fixed,' he said with a nod of satisfaction. At the gate they did not shake hands, but parted as they had done so many times before, as if they expected to begin their playtime on the morrow. "'Good-bye, Lloyd,' was all he said with a slight lifting of his cap as he walked away. "'Good-bye, Bobby,' she answered. She stood for a moment shading her eyes from the sunset, with a hand that held the four-leaf clover, as she watched him go striding down the road toward Oakley, switching with his tennis racket at the asters and the goldenrod along his path. Then she went slowly back to the house, thinking how tall he looked as he strode away. As she passed the measuring tree, she looked up at the old locusts overhead, and, sure of their sympathy, said half aloud, Oh, I wish we didn't have to grow up! End of chapter 1 Read by Lars Rolander